Welcome to Bollywood is for Lovers, part of the Alberta Podcast Network, locally grown, community supported. I'm Erin Fraser. And I'm my Bose. This episode, in honor of her big Hollywood debut, such as it is, in that you can't really go to the theater and see it, you probably shouldn't, what uh, we're discussing the legendary Dimple Kapadia. First up, her Bollywood debut, Raj Kapoor's 1973 beloved teen melodrama, Bobby, starring Kapadia alongside Rishi Kapoor. Then her comeback vehicle after her marriage to Rajesh Khanna, Ramesh Sippy's 1985 seductive drama, Sagar. And finally, Kalpana Lajmi's 1993 feminist fable, Rudali. Before we begin, we'd like to respectfully acknowledge that we record this podcast on Treaty 6 territory, traditional lands of First Nations and Métis peoples. Matt! Yep? We are talking about Dimple Kapadia, I think yeah. one of our favorite actresses, that I don't think we've quite had the opportunity to see some of her biggest films, and uh, now we have. I might name our new computer Dimple when we buy it. Right, why? <laughs> because <laughs> all of our items are falling apart. It takes twice as long for us to get this going. But yeah, I like Dimple a lot, so I'm going to name the new computer after <laughs> Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, I hope she likes being a gaming PC. <laughs> <laughs> sure, sure. This is already going to a weird place. Before we get to our discussion of all things Dimple Kapadia, uh, we have a few things to report on. Okay. First of all... Lots of stuff going on in Podtown. Yeah, yeah. So first of all, guess what, Matt? What? We have a new review! Hey! All right. Yeah, it's been a while, but we are really excited to have a new review from Crazy Brown Chick. Uh, this is She from, sounds cool. She does sound cool. Uh, this is from the Canadian Apple Podcasts app. Uh, she gives us five stars. Oh, thank thank you. you. And she says, love this. My friend Chris introduced me to this podcast out of her own yegg, and I love it. Ooh, she's, she's a local. local. Oh, cool. I love how the two of you have such a passion for Bollywood. I am being reminded of lots of movies I have watched but forgotten, and I am amazed at your knowledge of Indian movies. Hmm. Love how you both get the names and pronunciations right. What? What? I swear, listeners, we did not pay anyone money for this review. This literally came out of the blue. But thank yeah. you, Crazy Brown Chick. She continues, I'm going to watch Kalapatar tonight. Oh. Keep up the great work. That's a good one. Uh, that's... Yeah, that, that's a great review. Thank you so much, Crazy Brown Chick. Uh, do you want to give her some biffle points? Yeah, here's the biffle points. How many biffle points are you giving her? It's been a while. I don't know. 25 biffle points. I think you should give some biffle points to her friend Chris as well. Chris Chris gets a finder's fee of 10 biffle points. Okay. Uh, one day we'll figure out what to do with the biffle points. I have ideas. We I can just... make an actual challenge coin out of them, I think. That'd be cool. Well, I have ideas. It's just there's been a pandemic on, and so... Yeah, yeah. It's hard to scale up small-scale <laughs> manufacturing in the middle of a pandemic. Yeah. And you didn't want to start a cryptocurrency with me, so... Uh, I will say that like we do we do try with the pronunciation, so it's it's nice to hear that maybe it's paying off. It is... Not easy. In I mean, any- I just learned that any time you see an A in a Hindi word, it's usually a. Uh, yeah. Like Dimple Kapadia instead mm. of Dimple Kapadia. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah, it's just like there's there's stuff like that that, you know, again, our mouths don't form the sounds in the same way that someone who has been uh, saying, you know, speaking Hindi or saying these names uh, their whole life. You know, it's just, it's a completely different. Yeah. Um, 
cadence pronunciation for for us. And moving you know, on, moving I gotta on. say, oh. uh, I love that Denny Villeneuve has a new movie. Wait, do you mean Dennis Villeneuve? <laughs> because every time I hear, usually an American podcaster try and pronounce his name, Dennis Villeneuve, I feel like I know exactly how we sound to a lot of our listeners. <laughs> Dumb. You sound dumb. I have heard so many pronunciations for Denis Villeneuve. Den Weiss Vineva. De- Dennis Villeneuve is that's that's my favorite. I like the ones that kind of put like a Hispanic skin a spin on it, like Denis Villeneuve. <laughs> uh, anyways, I I think the main thing is like in film podcasting, no one knows how to pronounce anyone's name. Yeah. Unless you're uh, but, just talking about just white bread, boring <laughs> movies from your own country. Yes. Uh, but yes, thank thank you so much, Crazy Brown Chicken. Uh, we promise to continue to work on that you seem pronunciation. Cool. Also, considering you're a Yeg local, the next news item might be of interest to you. Uh, yes. Uh, the Yeg Podfest is starting up. This is the inaugural year. It's being put on uh, by LitFest, which is a long-running nonfiction film which is a non-running non-fiction. Long-running liter- non-fiction. <laughs> a long-running non-fiction literary festival. That's it. Here in Edmonton. You and- said non-running long, <laughs> long fiction. <laughs> and uh, LitFest is putting on Yang Pop Fest with the Alberta Podcast Network. So this year, uh, the first year, because of obvious reasons, the festival is going to be online. So I mean, that's fine for podcasts, though. Yeah, it's great for podcasts. And everyone loves watching videos online. We're all used to that mm-hmm. now. So it's running October 1st to 3rd, and I am hosting a panel uh, with a group of other uh, Indian film podcasters. Yeah, you so, got together the, the podcast all-stars. Yeah, yeah. Well, I ho- thank you. I hope so. Uh, so I'll be moderating, and Awesome Bernie from Kandan and You Podcast will be joining me, Manish Mathur uh, of It Pod to Be You and Queer and Now, and you know a regular guest here on Biffle, and Ankur Desai from Partake Pichi, uh, which is a, a new Indian film podcast that's uh, just from our neighbors down south, from Ankur Desai. And Kaur Desai and his co-host are from Calgary. Our hated rivals <laughs> of a city. Uh, so we're going to be... They seem cool, though. Yeah. It's just too bad they live in Calgary. Yeah. So we're going to be discussing kind of, uh, you know, what what it is like to have a podcast that covers Indian cinema, predominantly Bollywood, uh, why we put out the shows that we do, but also why film podcasts, despite being very popular don't cover Indian cinema a lot. So mm-hmm. I think it should be a great conversation. It's going to be October 3rd uh, at 1 o'clock uh, our time, so Mountain Standard Time. It is free to sign up. It's all very new. Yeah. Uh, we'll see, but I'm excited, and I think everyone should try and and join us live. Do you want to hear my short version as to why there aren't more Indian film podcasts? Uh, sure. You're not on the panel, so you might as well give it now. Yeah, my short version is... Um, People are afraid of looking stupid. Mm. It's it's a gigantic uh, question. I mean, there's a ton of different language groups with their own cinema. And to even just get used to one of them, like Hindi. I mean, I, th- I feel like we're getting a hold on it now after mm-hmm. five years. But, you know, it was, a, it was a lot of work to find that out. And movie podcasts are 
for the most part, based on like what's new and trendy. Mm-hmm. And people don't typically have the time to put the the work in and learn about it. So short version, people are afraid of looking stupid. Yeah, that's probably fair. Uh, so the panel's called So Many Film Podcasts, So Little Bollywood. Um, and we'll put a link. And uh, I think that leads us to our last bit of news, Matt. Yeah, also having to do with uh, your uh, podcast event. We featured on the latest two episodes of the Kandan podcast with uh, Asim and Sujoy and Amrita. And we talked about something that was very close to our heart, Doom 3. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And specifically Katrina Kef and why she's the best. So good. Yeah. Um, so that... We talked think, too much and now it's two episodes. Yeah, it's like a three hour long episode. So they split it into two. Um, the second episode is mostly going to be our Doom talk and the first episode is talking about sort of like your panel, talking mm-hmm. about podcasting in general, and uh, Kriya, which we talked about actually in our last episode here, mm-hmm. the movie we watched at uh, uh, Fantasia. So And Tenet, which ties into this episode. Yeah. So, yeah, that's Give Them a Listen. It's a great show. They've been doing this for a really long time. Specifically, you podcast has been going on a long time. And if you're listening to our show because you found us on their show, welcome. 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 We're sorry. We'll clean up the mess. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we often fix it all in post. <laughs> yeah. But that's exciting. So two episodes of Condon and mm-hmm. a podcast festival and a review. Mm-hmm. What more could you want? Um, Dimbuka Patia. That's yes. that's what I want. Yeah, you saw her in Tenet, huh? Yes. Yeah. 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 So yeah, we wanted to do this because Dimbuka Patia has a pretty substantial supporting role in Tenet. Now, I've had I've seen the film. You haven't. Mm-hmm. I've had some people ask me like, "Is it a blink and you miss it cameo?" And I was a little worried that that's what it's going to be, and it's not. I would say her character is integral to the plot she's a very important character is she tenant <laughs> no is tenant a person and um, no oh, okay <laughs> <laughs> no um yeah so she's in a number of scenes but i would still say that she's a bit kind of i don't know it's still very much a supporting role and while the sure. character is very important and she has a number of scenes it's mostly just her and John David Washington talking. Mm. And so, and I think she's great. You know, she, I always think Dipokapati is great. And here, I think she really gives off kind of this um, wise beyond her years uh, kind of feeling. And she's just like, she's impeccable. She's dressed fantastically. Mm. But I don't, I don't know if people who have never seen her in a Bollywood film before, seeing her for the first time, I don't know if they'll understand necessarily how special she can be. Yeah, how do you think Nolan found out about her? I don't know. I was really curious about that. Do you, has he seen Bobby? Has he Maybe. seen any Indian films? Was it, is it just that she's a really good agent? Maybe. Yeah. From the trailers, I think you see like a second of her. And my guess is she's like the, the lady, the oracle in The Matrix. Sort mm. of a similar kind of role. Someone who tells our main character something important, then he goes and shoots people. Yeah, yeah, she's a bit like that for sure. Yeah, yeah, cool. Yeah. Well, I'll watch it someday. <laughs> someday. I don't know if I could rent out a theater, I'd watch it, but I don't have any money. Yeah, yeah. I think unfortunately the pandemic has put a damper on, uh, you know, New not movies. just not just tenants release, but 
all new movies release yeah. <laughs> that are being released right now or attempting to release right now, since most movies these days are getting delayed until further and further into the future. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I am still very excited that uh, Dimple Capadia is, you know, uh, featured in such a big film. Yeah, it's like one of the blockbuster events of the year. It was going to be. Yeah, it was always going to be one of the biggest films of the year. Yeah. Regardless of. It, it still is, just not happened. like money wise. <laughs> it's certainly a movie that people talked about incessantly for the past like five months. So. And it's still one of the only things notable in theaters. So, I mean, yeah. no one's talking about New Mutants. So, they're still talking yeah. about it. I heard it's bad. Oh, New Mutants is terrible. Yeah. Okay, so. And um, Dibble Capadia, not in New Mutants. No. <laughs> Uh, so, Dimbo Capadia, this is the... It's been a while since we've done one of these episodes going kind of into a deep dive on an actor. And so, just to refresh everyone, this is the part where I attempt to summarize for Matt the Wikipedia entry of the actor's life. Okay. Uh, so, Dimbo Capadia, in 1972, she married actor Rajesh Khanna. He was 30 years old, and she was... Fifteen. Fifteen. <laughs> Talk about the age gap um, problem. And then six months months later, uh, her debut film, Bobby, premiered. Uh, so she had filmed it uh, when she was 15, and she married Kana uh, before the film even came out. And from what I understand, Raj Kapoor was not happy about this because he didn't want his... Uh, heroine of his new teen romance to be married. <laughs> yeah, that is kind of weird. You don't typically see that happen with, you know, a John Green adaptation or yeah. something. <laughs> uh, she won the uh, Filmfare Award for Best Actress and then retired from acting as Rajesh Khanna forbid it. Just goes out on top, huh? Just gets that award and then retires, calls it a career. Yeah. Now what uh, like what Dimple Kapadi has had to say about the marriage since... Not good. ...is not very positive. <laughs> it's almost as if she was married at 15 and potentially was not uh, prepared for... You know, yeah. The- well, I mean, I mean, Rajesh kind of was a huge star, and if you're a 15 year old girl and the biggest movie star in the world wants to marry you, it's 1972. I totally, I get it. This would happen to DiCaprio, but he would say, "No, you're too old." Well, I mean, Ooh. how old was <laughs> how old was Priscilla Presley when she married Elvis? Like, oh, very young. Yeah. 14, 15, 16. Yes. Yeah, it's been known that. to happen with rock stars, especially because mm-hmm. what's his name? Jerry Lee Lewis married his cousin. She was young. Mm-hmm. Yeah. This, it's an unsavory thing that happens every now and then. And from what I understand, she was a big fan of Kana's. Well, I mean, um, he's the big movie star. But she said that as soon as they got married, uh, that the the marriage turned sour, and that it in the end it was a farce, and he was always cheating on her, unfortunately. And they stuck uh, around for ten years, though. Yes, she had two da- daughters with Kana Twinkle Kana, mm-hmm. wife of. Akshay Kumar. And author and other things, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mrs. Funnybones. Mrs. Funnybones, yeah. Uh, and Rink Kana. Uh, both Twinkle and Rink were at one point actresses, but have both left the profession. And is it true that Rinka Kana was Wrinkle and she changed her name? Yes. It, yes. Yeah. Yes. I don't blame her at all. Uh, yes. Dimple Kapadia's father, I guess, likes Rhyming the names? sound. Yeah. Um, so there, his... You know, he has two daughters, Dimple Kapadia and Simple Kapadia. Who's a, who did uh, costumes think, on some movies. I think there's another daughter, but I don't remember her name, and, and a son. Uh, and then Dimple Kapadia had two daughters, and again, 
named them in the same rhyming and where does sprinkle where does sprinkle come into this uh in a coffee with quran episode twinkle kana said she was almost named sprinkle mm-hmm. okay. <laughs> yeah, so that's where sprinkle comes from uh so dimple kapadia and rajesh kana separated in 1982 and she returned to acting in 1984 with cigar however cigar's release was delayed and so a number of other films came out beforehand. So it was supposed to be her big comeback vehicle, but the release was delayed. And so a bunch of other movies kind of came out. Hmm. Um, but then Cigar came out in 1985 and she won another film for award for Best Actress. Nice. Did she retire again? Nope. She oh, would okay. go on to Good. establish herself as a leading lady in the 1980s uh, with notable films that include the Hitchcockian thriller Eitbar uh, from 1985. John Boz from 1986, uh, which is known for a love scene between her and Anil Kapoor. We really wanted to find that one, but it was not available with subs anywhere. Yeah. So if you're wondering why we didn't do that on both the Anil Kapoor episode and this one, that's why. Mm-hmm. Uh, Kosh from 1987, which I think kind of sounds like Kramer versus Kramer meets a cancer drama. Oh, wow. <laughs> sounds like a real bummer. Yeah, so it's like a husband and wife fighting for custody over their son, who then turns out to have cancer. Uh, and the rape revenge film, Zachmi Orat, from 1988. We also looked at that one, and you didn't want to watch it. Yeah. That one we were able to find. Yeah, you're right. I, it sounded pretty rough. I didn't. It did sound pretty rough. Some of the reviews are saying, like, this is a, you know, this is trying to titillate, and yeah. it's wrong. In 1989, she appeared in the hit Ram Lakan. And Patty Parmshar, which was delayed by two years because of a court battle with the Central Board of Film Certification. Mm. Uh, and then in the 1990s, she started making more art house films like Drishti from 1990, Lekin from 1991, and 1993's Rodali, which we'll be discussing. Uh, and a lot of these were critically acclaimed. She mm-hmm. And she her performances in them. So she um, shifted from um, Bollywood to Parallel. Yes, though she would obviously continue to make Bollywood films, but it, it seems like in the 1990s she started to take on more challenging roles, meteor roles, and she was rewarded for it with awards and praise from critics. Nice. In 1994, she portrayed a rape victim in Crantivere. Her filmography is full of a lot of films that deal with violence against women, which I found rather interesting. <laughs> But Again, also, just I would say on... a lot of actresses end up having to do that if they want to do serious movies. That's also very true. You always, like, that's one of the ways you can have a serious movie is either that or you're a mom. Mm-hmm. Like, you, you get pigeonholed. Yeah. She took a hiatus in the mid-90s, and when she returned, a lot of her films failed at the box office and were poorly received uh, with audiences and critics. Nuts. Uh, and it seems like she returned to do a lot of kind of typical Bollywood stuff. Sure. In the 2000s, she's transitioned in supporting roles uh, like in Farad Akhtar's Dil Chattahay from 2001, which we recently discussed on the show, uh, though she was still featured as the lead in films like 2002's Leela and 2004's Hum Kone Hai. Uh, in 2006, she, she appears in Homi Adajania's debut, Being Cyrus, and in... Good movie. <laughs> we talked about that one, too. And in 2009... She's in, married to Nazi Rudin Shah in that movie, isn't she? Yeah. Yeah. And, and they two, smoke a lot of weed all the time? Yeah. Yeah, that and was fun. And in 2009, in Zoya Akhtar's Luck by Chance. Not uh, a good movie. I think those are the two films that really started to put me onto Dimple Kapadia. And Finding Fanny we watched pretty early, yes, too. Yes, yes. 
Uh, but she's fantastic in being Cyrus, and she plays kind of like this older femme fatale. Yeah. Oh, she's so good. Yeah. And in Luck by Chance, she's this kind of older actress who's her. It's her daughter, right? Who's kind of becoming a. I think so. She's a like a star. momager. Yeah, she's so good in that. Uh, in the 2010s, she appeared in the popular uh, Dabong series. <laughs> she's Dabong's mom. Yes. So she's in the first one and the third one. We've discussed both on the show. Because she gets killed by Sonu Sood because she yeah. has asthma? Yeah. yeah. And then the third one features a lot of flashbacks. flashbacks yeah. So. Um, as well as Adani- Spoiler alert for Dabong, I guess. Whoops. <laughs> as well as Adyajania's subsequent two films, Cocktail and Finding Fanny. And now in 2020, she's in the biggest film of the year, Tenant. She was also in Angrazi Medium, which was, again, another film from homie Adyajania. And who? She was uh, the main character's mother. Well, she's Karina Kapoor's mother. Yeah. In Angrazi Medium. Right. That movie's kind of wild. But yeah, uh, yeah they. They also have a strained mother-daughter relationship, as I recall. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I really I really like Homie Adajania. Uh, I don't know if we'll ever... Because we've covered being Cyrus, and I don't know if I want to cover Angrazi Medium. I don't know if there's like an episode about him at some point, but I would like to cover Finding Fanny a Cocktail as well, because I quite like those two films. i just do a Deepa Capetico episode. Yeah. She's been nominated for a Film Fair Award nine times, winning four wow. for Bobby, Cigar, Rudali, and Crontevier. Uh, the other four nominations include Lekin, Gardish, Luck by Chance, and Finding Fanny. Not Dil Chata, hey, hey? Nope. Huh. And she won a National Film Award for Rudali. So, Matt, what do you, what do you like about Dimple Capadia? She's hot. <laughs> she is. I mean, Bobby... And you know what's fantastic? Bobby, she, it's a little weird because she's 15, so I'm just like, okay, she will be hot. Yeah, she... But Cigar just like smoking. Yeah, yeah. From Cigar till today, I think, yeah, she's, she's smoking hot. She's a smoke at show. At any age. Smoke show. Yeah. Yeah. She also has such a strong will on screen. Yeah. I find her such a powerful woman in a lot of the roles that she's in. She has very piercing eyes, which oh. is, gets commented on in, I think, all three of these movies. Mm-hmm. Definitely in Rudali. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And she's They're just, huge. She has huge eyes. Oh, yeah. Like, her whole face is just, like, very big features. And she has a dimple, a dimple in her in chin, chin. Yeah. Uh, which kind of... You know, suits her name. Uh, Do you I, think she had the dimple first before she got her name? Like when, like when she was a baby, maybe. that yeah, she maybe. had it. So that's what inspired it. Could I be. don't know. Yeah. I I didn't look up kind of how this naming convention has worked. Yeah. Um, but it seems like she was the first that we know of, the first imple <laughs> in the sure <laughs> in the in the line of imples. Dimple, simple, twinkle, wrinkle, sprinkle. Again, there has been no yeah. sprinkle. Impulse and inkles. Twinkle Kana did not continue. She might have nor, just been... nor did Rink Kana. She was probably kidding. Yeah, oh god, especially with like when she's on with copy. Yeah. Especially when she's on with Karen Johar. They're just She knows doing how to jokes. tear into Karen Johar like no one else. It's fantastic. Highly He recommend. needs it more often. <laughs> Twinkle Kana on Copy with Karen. Yeah. Uh but getting back to Dimple Kapadia, I yeah, I think she's She's such a presence on screen mm-hmm. uh, that you can't help but your eyes can't help but be drawn to her. I think both because you know, like you say, she's a smoke show. She's 
absolutely beautiful. But also just because of that presence that she has, that mm-hmm. that strong forcefulness and and that will. And it was interesting to go back to her first film, which we had never seen before, Bobby. How at times they kind of make her seem kind of more shy and naive and hesitant. And yet there are still moments when it totally comes out. Yeah. And she, 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 she kind of can't hide it. They kind of lose the plot of her in the last half hour, but yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, I think of that like famous line, will you be my friend? And just the way she says it, it's like, oh no, this isn't, this isn't the shy, innocent girl you're trying to make yeah, her out to be. She's not going to be your friend, bud. We've mostly seen her as an older woman. So it was really interesting yes. to go back and see what, Got her married at 15, I guess, is just being a adorable mm-hmm. actress. And yeah. then smoke show for Sagar. And then Rudali, you know, still hot, but I feel bad about it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, it was actually kind of hard to find her films, unfortunately. Yeah, we had to use two new techniques. Yeah, two new streaming services. I am really glad that we found all three of these because these were my three first. Like, these were my initial choices. These are the three that I want because these are three of her most highly acclaimed performances. And shout out to Suchin Mirotra. Yes. So I guess we should talk a bit about how we watch some of these. So Bobby, at one point, was available on Amazon Prime, is no longer uh, looking at Kathy Gibson's site, Axe Bollywood. It looks like at some point it was available on Netflix in the U.S., maybe still is, but it's not in Canada. We managed to find it on Z Cinema, which, Z, yeah. uh, which is a streaming service we have never used before. It's I, what Century is on, right? Yeah, yeah. you know, it, behind a paywall. Mm-hmm. Uh, luckily for us, um, Bobby was available there for free with a couple ads, not that many There's ads. Three ads, and they were in the first half of the movie. Yeah. Uh, with English subtitles. so Really good subtitles, too. Yeah, really large subtitles. They were big, yeah. yeah. Uh, and the, the the transfer was pretty good. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's how we saw Bobby. It was an okay service. Yeah, it, it was a little rocky. We were unsure if we were going to get through the whole film without it crashing. It froze a few times, but once it actually got through all those ads, I think it was fine. Yeah. 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 Uh, and then Rudali uh, we found on Mubi. And we have to thank a listener because I was complaining that none of the movies I wanted to watch I was able to find. Uh, we were running in, like I said, a lot of problems on trying to access Dimple Kapadia's back catalog, and I was getting very frustrated. So yeah, as- Saga was on Prime, but a lot of the sort of bigger ones we wanted to watch were unavailable. Yeah, and like I said, very, very frustrating. Um, but luckily, complaining online meant that a it worked. <laughs> listener, Gutam Karmakar, uh, pointed out that Rudali was available on Movie, which is a streaming service I've always kind of looked past because the whole adding a film every day and a film coming off every day just felt like too much to kind of try and keep track of when your window was available to watch with Yeah, movies. I mean, it seems like it, it's well curated. So if it was yes. like one of the only ones you had, um, my employee Claire has it actually. And they like it. They like it a lot because it kind of just gives you a curated list of interesting movies mm-hmm. and also a time period in which you have to watch them. But looking at it, the site a now, a lot of people make the decision that they want to watch a movie and then they go, "Okay, what's playing in theaters or what's available? What what can yeah. I watch?" You and I go, "Okay, we need to watch yeah. this." Film. We don't have the luxury of <laughs> trying to just pick a movie. 
But I think if you if you're interested in world cinema and art movies, if you had Mubi, it would actually be pretty good because yeah. it just gives you a curated selection. And there's some interesting stuff if you look at the directors, like mm-hmm. they did Seijin Suzuki, Jean Roland, all kinds of bit more, but less classy people than I <laughs> thought it was going to be. But it also looks like they have sort of a a basic art house set on there that you, yeah. that doesn't leave, which is probably good. And probably, doing, it's probably Kino Lorber movies actually. And they're doing a spotlight on India. Yeah, for a whole year. So you got a Though whole year to watch them. Don't know when the, when year, the year started. <laughs> I was trying to find out so we would know when they would be leaving. Uh, I couldn't find the information of when the spotlight on India started, but. I think at the very least it'll go to the end of this year. Like yeah. I don't know if it started in January or yeah. April. But shout out to Suchin, Suchin Mayrotra in a, in a really interesting, but I think probably more based for India article mm-hmm. on Film Companion. It was telling you how to make the most of your various uh, streaming subscriptions, and there was a link there to get movie for. A month for free. So yes. thank you, Suchin. So we now have... A we'll month put a link to that in the show notes. It was a good article, and it's pretty new, too, yeah. so it should be up to date. Yeah, so we have a month of free movie, and the, it looked great. Excellent picture quality, great subtitles, yeah. and I'm excited about some of the other films that are listed in their spotlight on India. I noticed Joe Bigozam in a film I haven't seen since university, which you've never seen, Bill Roy film. Yeah, there's a lot there. of sort of 50s... Art movies there, which is mm-hmm. kind of movies sort of thing, right? As well as Dawn and Amar Akbar Anthony. Gangs of Wasipur. Gangs of Wasipur, so... There's some fun stuff. There's some good stuff, yeah. yeah. I think we were we're impressed. Yeah. It seems like a good service. We could add it to the eight or nine other <laughs> services we have. I don't know if it's for us, but we'll definitely try and use it to catch all these Indian movies. Mm-hmm. So that brings us to our first film. That brings us to Bobby, Dimbal Kapadia's first film. Yeah. Came out in 1973. It's directed by Raj Kapoor. And it stars Rishi Kapoor, Dimple Kapadia, Prem Nath, and Pran. Yeah. It was the highest grossing film. Pran, of- Pran. We like him. He was good in, uh, he was good in Kalia, too. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was the highest grossing film of 1973 and the sec- second highest grossing film of the decade. What film do you think was the highest grossing film of the decade, Matt? My guess is Sholay. Yes. Uh, it also did exceptionally well in the USSR and some other um, South Asian countries. They probably appreciated that Pran's character is like a corrupt capitalist who <laughs> whose children his his child rebels against him, and eventually he has to like loosen up. Mm-hmm. It was nominated for fourteen Filmfare Awards, wow. winning five, including Best Actor and Best Actress for Dimkapadia. Uh, it seems like Rishi Kapoor has admitted to paying someone at some point to win an award, and people suspect it's this Best Wait, Actor so he, Filmfare Award. he bribed someone to get a... F- wow. I mean, people do say that the Filmfare Awards are a joke and that people just pay to win, and I'm not saying I don't disbelieve that. I'm sure hmm. it is probably true i'm but i'm sure it's been true for the oscars at times too oh yeah um every award is corrupt yeah but apart from the as you um, know i like awards so i still bring them up what's the NAAs? no not the, what's the uh seniors one in the states you bring it up all the time there's like an award oh. for like for like Oh. Awards for grown-ups or something? Yeah. That one's probably real. Because who would bribe anybody to win that award? 
Yeah. Yeah, those are those are funny awards. What are those called? It I feel like the best exotic cargo. The AARP hope. Movies for Grown Ups Award. Yeah. I feel Which like I don't think the movie Grown Ups has ever won, sadly. No, Grown Ups is pitched too young for the AARP. But I feel like the best exotic marigold hotel probably destroyed that award. Just you know what? That's a crushed good movie. It. It's a super R. I don't know if we've ever mentioned a super R on this podcast, but I'll talk about it later. Okay. Yeah. Uh, anyways, Bobby uh, is an extremely influential film for its upper-class, lower-class teenage uh, romance, as well as its fashion. Mm. Matt, do you want to explain the plot? I've been talking a lot. I thought you were going to ask about the fashion. I just read that whole book about it. Um, so, Bobby uh, is Dimple Kapadia's character's name. Yes, I think we assumed it was going to be Rishi Kapoor's. Bobby Braganza. Mm-hmm. And she is the daughter of a fisherman who... She's from Goa. And she's, she's from Catholic. Goa. Yeah. And uh, Catholic stuff gets mentioned all the time. And also in Sagar, too. Catholic there, too. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's interesting. Sagar so, does kind of feel like an updated It's like Bobby. a remake, yeah. Um, but uh, she runs into Rishi Kapoor's character... In one, he's Raja, and the other one, he's Raju, right? Because it's almost the same name in Sagar and Bobby. I don't remember which one he is in which. I think he's... She calls him Raju, and his name is Raja in Bobby. But in Sagar, he has a very similar name, too. Aaron's going to look that up. Raj in Bobby. Yeah. In Sagar, he's Ravi. Ravi. Raja's... Raja's the other guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah, as a six-year-old, he goes to a par- his parents' party. He draws a picture on a guy with chalk. And okay, he also bites a lady. How does man not feel this? I don't know. Must be a really thick jacket. Yeah. But also this annoying auntie comes up and says, yeah. give me a kiss. And not, you know, respecting this child's bodily autonomy. He probably doesn't want to give her a kiss. So he bites her on the face. And I was totally fine with this. Yeah, because you said it. consent is important. Yeah. We need to stop telling kids to, like, hug or kiss people that they don't want to hug or kiss. Yeah, ask them. Yeah. I'm glad she got bit in the face. Twice, actually, because he does it later. Yeah. Um, but... For these two, you know, horrible <laughs> problems that he causes at this party, basically just kid stuff, uh, he gets sent to military school. No, it's like a prep school. It's not mm-hmm. military school. But he gets sent to prep school for like 10 years. And he comes back. He's Rishi Kapoor now. He's not a child. Um, but he's 19, And I this think? is not Rishi Kapoor's first role, because obviously he was in Marin M. Joker. Yeah. But he's he comes back, I believe he's 19, and I believe Bobby is 16? Yeah, about that. Yeah. Uh, he meets Bobby. Uh, they fall for each other. Because Bobby is his governess's daughter. Yeah. And, and they blame the governess for, like... Oh, sorry, not daughter. Granddaughter. And they blame the governess for, like, raising him poorly. Yeah. Um, because they're too busy to do it themselves. Yeah. His parents are really pieces of work in this movie. Um, so he meets Bobby, falls in love with Bobby. Her she dad. his birthday party. Yeah. Briefly. And he's like, who's that girl? And then that annoying auntie shows up again. Yes. Um, there's also a girl named Nima who's kind of got her eye on him. Um, but she comes up a little bit later. It's not. I feel it's like not, she's mostly there just to be in like dance numbers. Yeah. She's just like a hot lady around. She's not really like po- posed as like, here's, here's the rich girl that he could be with no. instead of the poor girl. Uh, Bobby's dad, I believe his name is Jack. He <laughs> yeah. thinks that Bobby's cool. He's fine with it. You pointed out Jack and Bobby. Yeah, yeah, I did. <laughs> um, he he thinks Bobby's no. He thinks uh, he thinks Roger's cool. 
And he he does want them to kind of be on the same level. So he's like, okay, you're going to take her to the movies. She's buying you dinner. You can't pay for everything because you're rich. You have to kind of be equal to this thing. And he's like, okay. He also has a very interesting (laughs) sartorial choice. Yeah. uh, Which I really appreciated. So he only wears a suit to funerals or weddings. Yeah. And he has such a pot belly that he can't quite do up. His fly. Yeah, he was he was living the pandemic lifestyle before everyone else. And I have to tell you, Matt, I went to the mall recently and I tried on some stuff at Uniqlo, uh, and then like went about the rest of the mall. Um, and my fly was undone, and <laughs> someone had to point it out to me. Classic. Uh, did you, know, you have a belt on too? Because that's how he keeps his pants on. Is that his? I belt did is, have a belt on. He has a belt on. So I just feel like, anyways, that was an embarrassing thing that happened <laughs> your, to me your soul, at the mall recently. Yeah. So I really felt like. How long have you been sitting on this anecdote? <laughs> I really felt like since I was at the mall, it was like a couple weeks ago. Uh, I wanted new fall clothes. Okay. Uh, I felt like this film really. You and like, Jack Braganza, your besties. Yeah, it really justified, you know, the open fly look. Anyways, yeah. we've um, all done it. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> um, so Jack Braganza brings Bobby to uh, Raja's parents. Uh, it's a total disaster. His fly's undone. He gets drunk. Okay, but I do want to say, like, his fly is, like, quite undone. Yeah. And you can, like, see the gap. You can see his underpants. Uh, you could not really tell that I had forgotten. To Good for you. <laughs> Way to go. Um, My so pants were not gaping. Pran sort of thinks that the governess <laughs> and the father are essentially just trying to trap Raja into marrying her because yeah. she's young, he's young. Like it's it's a scheme to get his money because he's like the only child. He's going to inherit all this money. Yeah, we've seen a movie before and we knew this this class. Issue no, there's no way this works. From a mile away. <laughs> yeah, unless unless the movie's about an alien attack or something, <laughs> and not this uh, relationship. That's the movie right there. Anyway, um, and then Jack Regans is like, you know what? Screw you. I'm not prostituting my daughter out, but it sounds like you're prostituting your son out because you just want to marry him off to some other guy's daughter and secure business stuff. And I think that's wrong. Mm -hmm. Uh, Raja uh, does indeed get uh, sold off to another business guy's daughter. And this girl's kind of creepy. She has a bit of an arrested development thing going on where she's got a doll and she carries it around all the time. They say she is mentally disabled. It is. A strange plot point. Yeah, and uh, Nima, the other girl, sings, a, dances a song called "Trapped" about how Raja's trapped now, and he has to get married to this girl. And it it really is sort of a nightmare song. <laughs> you really liked the trapped song. Ta-da! I forget what the word is, but it was just <laughs> it it was kind of a funny way of saying like you're screwed now, bud. But uh, Bobby. Um, oh, there's a whole thing where they go to camp, too. Yeah. Bobby gets mad at him for uh, taking her to a disco and getting into a fight with his old roommate mm-hmm. from school. Yeah, because she, she thinks that he's, like, gone off with Nima yeah. and, like, is interested in Nima when really he's just telling Nima about how interested he is in Bobby. And yeah. then one of Bobby's old schoolmates, like... Essentially tries to sexually assault. Yeah, just jumps on her and then. Sorry, not one of Bobby's old schoolmates. One of Raj, Raj's, yeah, Raj's old schoolmates essentially tries to sexually assault. And that her. is a really good fight scene, actually. They were really throwing each other into it, like pick each other up, hucking each other into tables and chairs and yeah. stuff. Like I thought that was a great scene because it 
That is the way that a 19-year-old would get in a fight, just completely balls out. Yeah, this was such a classic teen melodrama. Like, it mm-hmm. had kind of all of the benchmarks that you expre- expect. Um, very kind of like Romeo and Juliet, right? Because you have two mm-hmm. teenagers from different backgrounds. Their parents eventually hate each other. Yes, they do not get along eventually. Uh, who fall in love and because their parents don't understand them, don't accept them. Just don't believe them. Yeah, and just don't like, you know, especially with Raj, a lot of the stuff between Raj and his parents is very much how he feels completely neglected and abandoned by his parents. And they want him to kind of live a certain lifestyle, uh, but he's not interested in that. He is in love with Bobby and they I don't I think they're understand. even assuming like we can marry him off to this girl with a mental problem and he can go have affairs with girls he actually likes because that's what rich people do yeah right like it's just like you're married the two the couple uh, his parents like they don't really even seem to get along with each other they're off doing their own thing all the time mm-hmm. and it's to be assumed that like Bobby could marry this girl make a kid and then you know screw whoever he wants on the side it's yeah. fine we're rich this is what we do yeah, and it's one of these films where it's, you know, either you try and understand your kids and you try and... <laughs> Why would you do You that? try and see their point of view or you will lose them. Tragedy will strike, yeah. Yeah, they will, you know, in, in classic Romeo and Juliet fashion, they'll kill themselves. But yeah. here it's they'll, they'll run, run off. They'll run away. Run away and who knows what will happened to them. So I did really scary. like it's a little bit of a spoiler, but they do run away. Yeah. And they go to this house that Jack's mother is at. I think it's also in Goa. No, they go to Goa. The house is in Goa. Yeah. I don't think they Raja lives in Goa. But anyway, they go to this house and the grandma sees right away like, oh, this is bad. Like mm-hmm. their families will never get along and she's underage if he marries her, uh it's illegal. That's just her place. That's not in Goa. They're going to... Her father's going to take her back to But Goa. also, like, she sees, like, yeah, this can't happen. Mm-hmm. And she tries to explain it to him, and he's, like, just so hell-bent on it. But the audience knows, yeah, this actually probably won't work, considering how much they hate each other. Yeah. And it's illegal. Yeah. And it was a really important part of the movie that, yeah, we all know this. And he probably knows it, too. He just won't admit it. But the passion of young love. Yeah. It... It makes teenagers crazy. They'll and he do had all sorts of things. A fun leather driving outfit. Um, I'm sure you want to talk about some of the clothes in this movie. Yeah. Oh God. And, and you know what? I was really surprised because I think I was more excited by Rishi Kapoor's wardrobe than I was by Bobby's. Well, in that book I read about the clothes, a hundred uh, Bollywood costumes. Yeah. Um, really cool book, actually. Uh, they made a really big deal about this uh, getup that uh, Bobby wears. It's like. A crop top tied in the front. Polka dots. Polka dots. It's like white with black polka dots. Mm -hmm. And then kind of a bluish, I think it's like a corduroy skirt. Denim skirt, yeah. Yeah, done up in the front with buttons. I thought that was fine. But she also wears a two-piece bikini at some point. Which is pretty pretty risque outside of like a Ramsey Brothers movie for the time. Both of those efforts are kind of in like this courtship section of the film where... Rishi Kapoor is, is pursuing her. Yeah. Uh, my favorite song, which we're not going to play, actually, but it's uh, they accidentally get themselves locked in a government uh, cottage. Not really sure what it's for, but they're, when they're at camp, they get stuck in this cottage. I think, and then, I think the song is like Hum Tum. 
Yeah, and they imagine various scenarios like, well, what if we were lost in the woods and yeah. uh, this happened? Or what if we were lost in a jungle and like a tiger was there? <laughs> and uh, yeah, that's a fun song. It's a very fun song. But he's got this kind of proto-scene kid look where he's dressed all in black. He's got like a dumb Marlon Brando motorcycle hat on and then a purple and black scarf that he's wrapped around. He looks like he's in My Chemical Romance. It's pretty fun. <laughs> Lots of good clothes for him. Lots of glasses that I thought were fun. Yeah, he's got like this purple outfit where he has like these purple pants on and then this like psychedelic purple shirt and then these really tinted glasses. And I just thought like, man, Rishi Kapoor, you've never looked so cool. And at the end of the movie, it says that he (laughs) costumed himself. Yeah. This is presumably just his own clothes. I see why like the costumes in this film were such a big deal. Not to mention that like when they go to... To the party, to the disco. Mm-hmm. Uh, everything Nemo wears is absolutely fantastic. On point. Yeah, it's just like these elaborate early seventies costumes. Mm-hmm. Um, kind of like. And she's nasty. supposed to be very decadent looking, whereas yeah. Bobby is very down to earth. Yeah, yeah. So like the the juxtaposition of like these like elaborate maxi dresses, and then the like short mini skirts and mini dresses that Bobby wears. Uh, it's just yeah, it everyone looks great and you wanna wear so many of these pieces. But I was surprised. I don't know that if I, I wanna like, want wear a lot of Rishi's clothes. Oh uh, no, I would wear Rishi's clothes. I was surprised. You would, but I would. <laughs> yeah. I don't think I could pull it off. Yeah. Yeah, his like motorcycle look is awesome. Uh, really into the clothes. He has a lot of scarves. You did at some point say that the alternate title of this movie should be Fabric. Yeah. It was very much the seventies. There's like macrame and corduroy and all kinds of just different fabrics that have kind of just gone away mm-hmm. polyester <laughs> um and bright garish colors ridiculous tuxedos and like sort of poofy pirate shirts like there's all kinds of stuff going on yeah uh okay so this is an episode about Dimple Capati. what did you think of Dimple Capati's performance as bobby i mean she's a perfect ingenue right yeah. like she's Playing she's a fifth, a, she's playing a fifteen-year-old, sixteen-year-old, and she's. But she's got a bit of fire, right? Sure. Like when she says that line, like, "Will you be my friend?" Like, yeah, it's such a like. She's uh, spunky. Yeah, but it's. It doesn't seem entirely difficult to play someone who's your own age and is just like a kid who mm-hmm. meets a a guy she likes. Like, I don't know if she she does a great job of being someone who is probably very close to what she was at the time. Mm. It doesn't seem like much of a reach, but it was very believable, possibly because she was 15. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Yeah, and I guess, like, it is kind of a little uncomfortable to watch these days uh, because she is kind of somewhat objectified. Like, there's mm-hmm. a scene when Rishi Kapoor kind of first goes to uh, her grandmother's house uh, to kind of see if he can find this girl. Um, and also because he feels closer to his governess, to, to Bobby's grandmother, than he does to his own parents. Uh, and she opens the door in like a see-through slip. It's pretty sheer, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you, see your, you can see the unmentionables. Yeah. But I, I do think this film really gets at something about that kind of young, that young love and that rush of emotion. Yeah, when it's you not, kind of think this movie's that, like, not Lolita. No, but when you think that like, yeah, no, it's not Lolita. <laughs> Like it's not it's not objectifying her all the time. No, no, because I think it's very much it's it's about 
young love and that mm-hmm. that feeling. Of, she dresses like a normal kid, I think. Yeah, and that feeling. Of how popular are crop tops with teenagers? Or these days? or the outfits that she wore in this movie went on to become what a popular kid would wear. Yeah, that's what the that's what the book kind of insinuated. This like movies like this, it's a cultural uh, touch point, and girls afterwards just wanted to dress like Bobby. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but yeah, but these like feelings that you have when you're young and you fall in love and you feel like the world doesn't understand you and, Mm -hmm. you know, everything is against you, but you feel these things so passionately. What do they say on Letter Kenny? I hate my parents. I hate myself. and I hate life. (laughs) (laughs) Something like that. Yeah. Yes. But yeah. She actually kind of dresses like rolled. It's totally... God. No, uh, <laughs> Rishi does. Rishi dresses like rolled. It's totally like that Romeo Juliet stuff, and I, I love that mode. Um, that being said, like I don't know if this is necessarily like it's not her movie, even though it's called Bobby. Yeah, yeah, it's very much. They more... could have called it Raja, but that would be like every other hero <laughs> of a Hindi movie is called Raja. It's very much Rishi Kapoor's film, and I kind of think I don't know when she's gone. It's not as good. Yeah. Yeah, I kind of think he's a bit mopey. Like, he's not... I think you need more of, like, a James Dean or, like, a Brando in this He's more of a Holden Caulfield type. Like, look at these phonies and their marriage. This sucks. I hate this. Yeah. And when Bobby shows up, you're like, oh, okay. He's actually got a heart there. Yeah. Yeah, it was interesting to see Rishi Kapoor so young as well. Mm-hmm. And then we saw him a little bit older. Yes, we saw both. We see both of them a little bit older. So I think that brings us to Interval. Yeah. So now we're going to listen to a song from Sagar called Johnny Dona. Yes. After this. This episode of the Edmonton Community Foundation's Well Endowed podcast, episode 78, Millennials and Technology, correspondent Emily Rendell Watson talks with Carly Drew, Marina Bannister, and Stephen Robinson to explore the impact technology is having on the millennial generation. This is the third of four vital topics that will be produced throughout the year. The previous talk- topics were millennial activism and engagement and millennials and money. Their final topic will look at the social and economic trends that millennials are setting. For more information on the Well Endowed Podcast, sponsored by the Edmonton Community Foundation, check out thewellendowedpodcast.com. This episode is brought to you by Taproot Edmonton, your source for curiosity-driven coverage of our city, cultivated by the community. Taproot publishes a weekly business roundup, sharing the latest news on the companies, entrepreneurs, employees, investors, leaders, and others shaping Edmonton's economy. It's curated by Kapal Cashman, a veteran journalist who's been paying attention to Edmonton's business scene for decades. Subscribe to the business roundup for free at taprootedmonton.ca. So that was Johnny Dona from Sagar, which means C. Yes. 
There's a lot uh, of sea stuff in this movie. Oh it's boy, almost like there. a Popeye movie. <laughs> uh, this film came out in 1985. It's directed by Ramesh Sippy, stars Rishi Kapoor, Dimple Kapadia, and Kamal Hassan. Uh, I've seen Kamal Hassan before. He's a, a Tamil uh, actor. Uh, I've only seen him in like new new stuff, like stuff that's sure. come out recently. He's, where he's old. Yeah, where he's much older. Uh, he's Shruti Hassan's. Uh, father hmm. and I, I have to say, like the the film I saw him in, I did not like at all. Um, but I liked him here. Yeah, uh, it was nominated for ten Filmfare Awards and it won four, including Best Actress and Best Actor for Kamal Hassan. Again, oh Kamal Hassan this time, interesting. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I think he deserves it more than Rishi Kapoor did in this. Yes, uh, Rishi so- Kapoor is playing the same character. <laughs> this is uh, a very kind of standard. Love Triangle. It's set in Goa, and Dimple Kapadia works in a like a a bar slash restaurant. Her dad runs that it. Her dad owns. De Silva. Uh, Kamal Hassan is a local boy, like a fisherman, who child like childhood friend. They grew up together. They're He's, bum chums. As, oh yes, as we were they heard use again. The word bum chums. Yeah. We were like, oh my god, the return of Bum Chums. I thought that was just in that one movie, but maybe that other one is referring to this. Oh, Mav Gahoon Cohen. I don't I don't know. Please Listeners, tell me is Bum Chums an expression in India? Like it it sounds like what I'm assuming it isn't, right? Yeah. Yeah. Like it sounds like it could be a slur. <laughs> yeah. I don't I don't know. But they use They're Bum, bum chums, chums, yeah. Pretty pretty fondly. So uh, Kamal Hassan is clearly in love with Dimple Kapadia, and he's always kind of playing pranks on her, jokes on her. He's, do you know what this is? What? He's Betty, and Rishi Kapoor is Veronica. Oh, yeah, potentially. And she's Archie. She's 100% Archie. Dimple <laughs> Kapadia is Archie? Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, so he, like, will pretend that he's accidentally ingested poison. Or stabbed or himself. That he's, yeah, he's been he in got a fight. beat up by Tufts. And he's been stabbed, and... Dimple Kapadia falls for the bait every time because it seems like he's going to die. Yeah. I mean, come every, on. every week there's some new reason why he's going to die. <laughs> come on. I think uh, it would be pretty exhausting to live with this guy. <laughs> into their lives comes Rishi Kapoor, who is the rich grandson of a wealthy woman in the area who is like clearly going to be the. The villain as soon as she piece. shows up, you're like, oh, this lady's yeah. going to be trouble. Yeah, you Although, know she's going to be terrible, and she's not going to be happy with her grandson falling for a woman like Dimple Kapadia. And she's very dismissive of Rishi Kapoor's mother, who... From, was also a townie. Yeah, was also a townie. And uh, Rishi Kapoor's parents, I think they died in a car crash, they say. Yeah. And also, just like Bobby, you know she's going to be a problem like in the first 10 minutes of the movie, but it takes two hours before like she actually comes back and starts being an issue. Yeah, so the first two hours are really much this love triangle. So Rishi Kapoor one day uh, sees... Best part of the movie. Oh my god, Matt. Oh, That's I, good stuff. I have not recovered. Uh, he's like looking out at the, uh, across he's the He's a photographer. At the ocean, taking photos... And here comes this woman who just, like, throws off her clothing to reveal this sexy one-piece bathing suit. 80s swimsuit. Yeah, that just hugs her in all the right ways. And she dives into the water and just, oh, my 
God. I wouldn't say she's an amazing swimmer, but she's really good at sort of like lounging in water. Oh, and, and Rishi Kapoor is kind of spies on this and of boy, course boy, boy, boy. <laughs> instantly falls for her because how how could you not and so mm-hmm. he he pursues her meanwhile he strikes up a friendship with kamal hassan and the two the two of them kind of get on really well and then all three of them are brought together and Kamal Hassan pretends that he does not love Dimbukapadia as much as he does, so that Dimbukapadia and Rishi Kapoor can be together. He leaves with his uh, grandma for a while. Yeah, he he sacrifices his true feelings and his love so that so that these two can be together because his best friend they, and his yeah, other best friend, his best friends, uh, his bum chums, you might love. say. Meanwhile, of course, Rishi Kapoor's grandmother makes things the worst for them i think she buys all of the f- licenses to no no all the fishermen are in debt because they can't afford their boats yeah so she buys all the boats from under them just to get back at her grandson yeah just to be a bitch really yeah. uh and once again uh she and dimple father do not get along because she completely insults him and he and like beats him up and he has every right to potentially not want his daughter to mm-hmm. enter into a union with this with this family. Uh, and they devise a plan to marry her off to Kamal Hassan, who obviously, He's as we mentioned, it. is in love with her. And I, we won't say what happens. Uh, also, the Johnny, very... the Johnny Donut song is when they're hanging out at uh, uh, Rishi's house. And yeah. it's sexy. Oh, so sexy. They're hanging out yeah. by the pool. They go there because Rishi Kapoor wants to introduce Dimbukapadia to his grandmother, but the she's poor, not there. The poor, simple, dullard. So then, thinks, <laughs> thinks it'll be fine. I'll just I'll just bring this town girl. What, she works at a bar. She's a you know businesswoman. I'll yeah. bring her to meet my grandma. No way this goes wrong. Two of them are left alone in, in the mansion, and the whole song is a metaphor for sex. Like, mm-hmm. totally a metaphor for sex. Uh, yeah, I, I wouldn't say, like, I don't want to give the whole film away, though I wouldn't say anything is a huge surprise. It's a pretty no. kind of straightforward plot where I think you could see a lot of the twists and turns coming. It's good, though. But it's, I loved this movie. I mm-hmm. really loved this movie. I thought it had such energy. If I thought the fashion in Bobby was exciting, this was even better. Mm-hmm. Everything Dimple Capadia wore just clung to her in exactly the right ways. Although, like, Dimple Capati could wear burlap sack and look amazing. But I just yeah. thought her costuming with these kind of, like, big skirts and, and Kind of blouses. like flamenco dancer a lot oh, of the time. She looks fantastic. Kamala Rishi have two different sets of clothing, and that's it. <laughs> <laughs> so it's really about yeah. her this time. Yeah, Kamala-san is always in, like, the same kind of, like, work pants and then, like, shirt that's buttoned way too low. Yeah. And Rishi Kapoor is always wearing just kind of, like, snobby like rich a, boy clothes. Well, he's wearing, like, like a like a track suit or what do you call those? Uh, oh, there's a special kind of 80s guy jacket. I forget the name of yeah. it. Yeah. Uh, Members-only jacket. That's what he's wearing all the time. Yeah. But I just, oh, I really... You know, I mean, it's not... A, a love triangle is by no means a revolutionary no. plot device. Uh, but just as a way to kind of get these three actors and these three cam- characters just bouncing off Just mooning around, another, being sad. Uh, yeah, it, I I love this movie. I really did. Yeah, I mean, it's a trope, but if it works, it's good. Mm-hmm. You know, people just enjoy it. And it's it's shot. It's less... It's less uh, 
it's it's a bit more enjoyable because everyone is an adult. Yeah. And it's just like, oh, these dumb kids, or I feel bad for looking at a difficult body where this is like, this is fine. She's like 25. <laughs> this is perfect. Yeah. And like, it's shot with such a like, like a warm mm-hmm. glow over everything. Like it's such it has a, a like, good Vata Varan. Yeah. It's such a beach movie. Like yeah. I feel like you can kind of feel the sand. It, it reminded me kind of like a, of something like the beach bum. <laughs> no, not the beach bum. Uh, I was thinking of like like Italian movies or even oh, sure. um, love Italian style. Yeah, even uh, and God created woman. Mm, yeah, yeah. You know? There's lots of sunsets and rocky outcroppings mm-hmm. and and I think the way boat. that the environment reflects the kind of unbridled passion of yeah. the characters, like you just kind of get swept away with emotion and it emotion. washes over you like yeah. a wave yeah like 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 the sea yeah uh, other times it's very calm mm-hmm. yeah it just yeah i think this movie this movie really really rocked my world i was i think it's probably my favorite of these three. Oh yeah i think for it's sure. tough to rank these two against rudali because they're trying to do completely different things yeah, yeah, and when we get to Rudali, it's such a different performance mode for for Dimbukapadia. But I, I adore her here as this like this fiery, passionate woman mm-hmm. uh, who totally has command of kind of every scene that she is in. Whether she's Archie, yeah, I, I whether it's a it's color. a it's a sexy one. Or it's more of a sad one. You know, she she has to do a lot of emotional right. work in this film. Yeah, it's a good warm-up for uh, six years. No, uh, eight years later. Yeah, and she's, I mean, she's compelling uh, throughout. Uh, I think Kamal Hassan does lapse around Rishi Kapoor, though. Yeah, Rishi's kind of the Baxter in this situation, even though he probably is, like, the more important actor but but like, Kamal sense that character is totally designed to be he's the guy you like the, the one you like he's yeah. totally designed to be the guy that you root for you don't want her to end up with the with rich the dope. pop collar <laughs> dickhead yeah yeah he has far more personality and even though he's kind of an asshole in the way that he's always terrorizing to book a patty at least yeah. you still root for it him it comes from a place of love yeah. but he would be too exhausting to live with I I would choose Rishi Kapoor oh yeah. he's also rich <laughs> Kamal Hassan has like a boat. That's money over personality, like, Matt. He's, he's like Is a, that how you ended up with me? Yeah, sure. <laughs> yeah, um, he's got like a big. He's not even a big boat. It's like a canoe almost. <laughs> That's his claim to fame. Yeah, and he's also presented as like again, even though he's always doing these stupid pranks, he's always he's also presented as like a good guy. Like he steps aside and mm-hmm. you know puts aside he's a his, his emotions for. For his bum chums. Yep. Always looking out for your bum chums. Yeah, please tell us. Why bum chums? Was this a mid-80s to early 90s thing? Does it have to do with bum equipment? Which I'm pretty sure there was some of that in Hamakwe Hinkone. There definitely is in some later movies, but like those sweatshirts. What happened to bum equipment? I don't know. But like... Did it go the way of no fear? I don't know. Or big dogs. But maybe that's it. Like, it was a good marketing plan for <laughs> bum equipment. Yeah. Yeah. So as we said, this film's available on Amazon Prime. We highly recommend checking it out. Go watch it. Yeah. 
All right, that brings us to our last film of this episode, Matt. Rudali, which came out in 1993. I can do this. It's directed by Kalpana Lajmi and features Dipika Padia, Rocky, Amjad Khan, and Raj Babar. It came out after Amjad Khan's death, so it huh. it was dedicated to him, as you'll recall. Yeah, and that's kind of apt for what the movie's about. Mm-hmm. Um, it's based on a story by Mahasweta Devi. Won three National Film Fair Awards, Best Actress, Best Art Design, Best Costume Design for Simple Kapadia. Yeah, Dimba Kapadia's sister. And also won Film Fair Award for Best Performance Critics and was also nominated for Best Actress. Uh, and... Uh, Rocky actually comes up quite a bit in that book I was talking about, about the costumes. Mm-hmm. She was a fairly big deal in the 60s and 70s. She was in uh, Calipatar, which we saw recently. Yeah. So this is... As she, a lady doctor. Oh, she's the lady doctor. Okay. Yeah. But yeah. And this, she's married to Golzar. Yeah. She's Meghna Golzar's mother. Yeah. And I think Golzar did some work on Rudali, too. Yes. And um, uh, Santosh Sivan was the cinematographer, I noticed. Yeah. It's a real murderer's royal talent here. But uh, it's sort of like a... It's like a meeting of two different generations of actresses, mm. so that's interesting. And I didn't, I, I didn't recognize her, but then I read the book afterwards, like, oh, okay. Mm. So, um, but uh, Rudali, this takes place. Anne's going to get mad at me. This takes place at sort of an indeterminate period in history. <laughs> oh um, you get so hung up on some specific details that I just, I don't know. It just doesn't bug me in the same way. I know, I know, it doesn't. It drives me crazy. I guess crazy. I feel like there are context clues that. We're not going. We're get. not picking up on, and so yeah. I don't know. Uh, we should also say Rudali means professional mourner. It's yeah. kind of a, a role that women have in kind of this area of Rajasthan that mm-hmm. the film is set. Where I think it's in some Middle Eastern places too. Like it's not just here. Oh, okay. you, you can get a Rudali other. Maybe not called a Rudali, but professional mourners who wail and gnash their teeth and yeah. rend at their clothes. That's that's a thing you could get. The film is set in Rajasthan. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, so these these women who will go and mourn for you when you pass away, if and you, you have are, no friends. If you are well, no. <laughs> if you're upper class, yeah. If you're of an upper caste, because your family and friends are not allowed to show emotion, yeah. That's it's, part of why they. Get it's tired. unbecoming. Yes. Yeah, and also you don't have any friends because you're the zamadar. Everyone hates you. Right. Um, so, takes place. I think I kind of narrowed it down to. Like 40s, 50s, but it also jumps around in time quite a bit. And I did not find the makeup convincing. Because mm. she's shown in at least like three or four different periods of her life. And I did find it difficult sometimes with the time skips to figure out when it was supposed to be. You also got confused about her face tattoos disappearing. Yes, I did. Uh, so Dipakapadia lives in Rajasthan and has a pretty... She... It- they say she is as Rudali, but they don't say in and as. It was not in and she as gets Rudali. She as, yeah. but not an in and as. Yeah. Uh, so she doesn't get that particular honor. But she has a pretty difficult life. Um, <clears throat> the, the framing story starts with her and Rocky. And they... Rocky is actually Rudali, mm-hmm. who's come to town. She goes from town to town mourning for people. And some of them would be the Zamindar class. The people, the landowners who own everything and tell you what to do if you're poor, like mm-hmm. uh, Dimple Kapadia. She's in town to do that, and they become friends. And uh, Dimple Kapadia's character is telling Rocky her whole life story, why she, why she's by herself in this house, and uh, like how she owns the house, for instance. 
how all this came to be. Uh, so and I, how over her years of hardship, she has never shed a single tear. Yeah, she's she's dry inside. Um, so it she starts telling the story, and it goes back to when she's young, and she was born on a Saturday. And immediately ate she her ate, father up. She ate her father up, which I'm guessing he just died of something else. Yeah, and her mother ran away with a, like, traveling theater group. Temple Kapaya's character is actually named Shani Chari, and this is sort of a inauspicious name having to do with being born on a Saturday. Yeah. And it kind of gave me, like, Solomon Grundy vibes. Right. You know, born on a Monday, died on a Sunday, that sort of thing. It's just born under a bad sign. Who did that song again? Oh, you're thinking um, Crash Test Dummies. Uh, they have it, Superman never made any money saving the world from Solomon Grundy, right? Right, yeah. yeah. Okay. There's actually like a Solomon Grundy song. Like it's based on like a folk song. Oh, okay. I think it's Irish. Okay. It's not based on the Crash Test Dummies mid-90s song, even though I could see why you think it was. No, I didn't think it was based on that. I knew that like, the Crash Test Dummies didn't make up Solomon Grundy. I just... Uh, when someone says Solomon Grundy, I think of that song. For our non-North American listeners, this band, the it's kind of gimmick was the the lead singer had a really deep voice, so it was like Superman never made yeah. money. <laughs> yeah, so it's completely <laughs> off topic. Anyway, lot of Solomon Grundy. That's what I think of. Yes. So she tells Rocky her story. She meets. The son of the Zamindar of the region, while taking some water, presumably from an oasis, back to her place, and he's riding around on a camel. And he's immediately like, "Oh my God, her eyes! Look at that!" Well, girl. he catches like a glimpse of her eyes somehow, yeah. but then she won't. She won't look at him. In fact, she says quite a few times she's that lower caste. she's lower caste, and even if her shadow crosses his body, it's bad luck and it's a sin. And she just will not look at him. And he eventually like forces her, like, hey, look at me. I want some of that water. And he essentially coerces her into working at the, um, the palace. Mm-hmm. So he needs a lady's maid for his wife to help her with bathing his and stuff. His mistress. I wasn't sure if she was like officially his wife. True. Yeah. It, wasn't, it was not clear it's to us. It's like mistress. Yeah. Who... Who this woman is, but she needs a lady's maid. I mean, she's clearly banging him, but yeah. Yeah. Um, and so, Dipakati uh, joins the household, sort of. Mm-hmm. And this kind of makes more sense in the modern day because she owns her land. She owns two acres around, and she's known for having, like, been in the household. So, villagers will, like, kind of ask her about it sometimes. Mm-hmm. Um, she sings a really good song at the the Zemindar's son's birthday, which they have at night so that she can't cast a shadow on him and be bad luck. And the Zemindar likes the song so much, he grants her the land. Mm-hmm. Uh, meanwhile, she has a son, and her husband, he is not around very often. He's drunk all the time. And he eventually dies of the plague. Mm-hmm. And probably the best shot in the whole movie, I'm going to say. Uh, she has these gigantic bangles on her arms. Oh my god! Yeah, they like go all like these big white yeah. bangles. She's got probably all like twenty on each arm. Arms and like yeah, her upper arm. It's crazy. She's got like twenty of them in each arm. Like it's almost like armor. And after her husband dies, and there's like a funeral pyre going mm-hmm. on behind her, you could see her kind of shimming off all these uh, uh, bangles. And so she's great un- scene. She's unable to pay for his funeral, and she was previously unable to pay for her mother-in-law's funeral. Yeah, and. 
the local pundit, uh, she doesn't tell him. She says that she did the ritual herself because she can't afford it. Mm-hmm. And later on, that guy catches her and he's like, hey, if you don't want your husband and your mother-in-law to go to hell, you got to give me 50 rupees right now. So then she has to go into, like, what, 15 years of bonded labor? Well, okay, so then um, she, yeah, she goes to the Zamindar, not the son, who we kept calling the hot Zamindar, <laughs> but the actual Zamindar, his dad, and says, like, you know, I can't pay 50 rupees. I don't want my family to go to hell. What can I do? She can't. She doesn't want to give up her land either, which would have been a solution. But she says, okay, I'll put myself and my son. I think the son is kind of put into bondage. Mm-hmm. She has to work for the Zamadar for 15 years. And she starts like a stall at the market. Well, so she, then At it, first she goes to be a laborer, but then when she comes back, she has like a stall at the market. Yeah. Yeah. The, after the plague comes to town, they have sort of a rock-breaking business. Looks like everyone in town has to work on this quarry type thing. Yeah. Uh, so then the the story moves forward, and her son is an adult now, and um, he's a shiftless layabout like his father. He ends up uh, knocking up a local uh, sex worker who he says he's going to marry and bring to her house, and Kapadia freaks out, like, no, you're not going to turn my house into a brothel. Um, and it is showing that the patriarchy, like, Kapadia has been shit on by, like, the men in the region forever. Mm-hmm. Her husband screwed her over. The Zamindar played with her emotions and kind of put her into a situation she didn't want. And she, what does she do? Well, she just inflicts this on her son's uh, wife. Well, yeah, and her son who also. Who is lower, lower class than her. her barely. You know, these movies, because I, you know, these movies about the difficulty and the strife of being a mother uh, (laughs) always show the kids and usually sons as kind of perpetuating to a certain extent like the failures of their fathers right they they are not unfortunately they're not helpful their mothers or at least one of them is not helpful like (laughs) there's sometimes you get a good son sometimes you get a bad son yeah but unfortunately you know it's all about the suffering woman yeah yeah, and how she suffers for her husband and for her son and for just the life that she has been given. Yeah. Uh, her story continues, keeps getting sadder, more people die. Her life is honestly pretty awful. And it does build up to a pretty... Um, inter- exciting is not a great word, but like a, a very... Cathartic. Cathartic and stirring moment where she actually does cry. Yeah. Which and I, she flips her shit. Which I don't think is a huge spoiler because... It's the name of the movie. Yeah, it's the name of the movie. And they're also, they make it very clear that she can't cry. Yeah, they they talk about it all the time. Yeah, she can't express this emotion. And so that's brought up quite a number of times throughout the film. And so you know it's leading to a climax. It's Chekhov's Kleenex. (laughs) Yeah, and, and I mean, this is, I'm so glad we were able to watch this film because it's such a juxtaposition to, I mean, all three of these films are, are so different in the way that uh, uh, Kapadia presents herself as I mean, an actress. Bobby and Saga are the same movie just 10 years later, but sure. I think there's a similarity in plot in Bobby and Saga, but I think Kapadia's performance sure. is very different yes. uh, in the two. And then here, very different plot, but again, such a different performance. A woman is acted on by the various men in her life who screw everything up. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so, you know, here she's, she has all of that 
determination and all of that fire, but it's, 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 it's a, it's a more realistic mode and it's a realistic meaning a huge bummer (laughs) and it's a much less glamorized role for sure. I, I just think the makeup could have been done better. Right. Because it, I so did find it confusing. You want to be a bit more clear of... When things are happening. She th- also has the same clothes every... Like, she only has one set of clothes. Yeah, she can't afford different outfits. Exactly. So, like, you, can, you can't even look at her and say, like, oh, okay, well, she was wearing that 10 years ago. She's always wearing the same thing. Yeah. I think you're complaining a bit too much of, like, people who couldn't follow Little Women, but... <laughs> the blocking in Little Women explained it perfectly. <laughs> this movie actually has fairly... Um, I would say, like, stage-bound aesthetics a lot. It shifts between, like, big vistas of the sands in the mm-hmm. village and then what I'm assuming were probably done on sound stages of just around her house. Right. And also this sort of pergola thing that Zamindar has. Because, like, they're looking out into the distance and it's just pure black. Mm-hmm. And to me, it felt like this could have been done on stage. Mm-hmm. Just because it's not... The blocking and everything, you know... Where the people are is important, but the scenery at certain points just falls away, and it's just, like, blank walls. Yeah. I I didn't think it was too difficult to follow uh, when you were in a flashback and when you were in the present time. I'm just saying that. Good job. You did a better job watching the movie than me. Way to go. (laughs) Uh, You're a genius. Is that what you wanted to hear? What what did you think of Dimple Kapadia's performance here? Okay, so. I think that she did a great job. The problem is that I've seen this movie many times. Mm. So it is what we would call... It's probably more arty than like an Oscar bait movie. Yeah. Because it is it's very much parallel. This was submitted to the Oscars. It wasn't picked for Best Foreign Language Feature. But this sort of role, you see fairly often. Yes. Yeah. It's Nargis. And we do talk about this sort of being an Oscar baity style of role where the the glamour... The really glamorous actress like Charlie Theron mm-hmm. or um, Nicole Kidman, etc., kind of uglies herself up. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, so I thought she did a great job at that. And considering the only other movie, well, okay, so we've seen her in Dilchatahai and Dabang, where she's playing an older woman, um, but like in a romantic sense or as a mom. Mm-hmm. Whereas this, she's completely bereft, keeps getting screwed over by life. And yeah, keeps plugging away at it. It's very Scarlett O'Hara y, mm-hmm. very Mother India y. Mm-hmm. I thought she did a really good job. And given that what I've seen of her other movies, it shows that she has good range. Like she could play, yeah. she was 15 and played a good 15 year old, played a good 20 year old, plays a good 20 through 60 year old. <laughs> like it's believable. And then as she ages, she kind of gets slotted into a lot more mom type roles mm-hmm. as what happens. But, I mean, the movie itself I didn't find revolutionary because I've seen things like it. The opening song sequence I thought was pretty good because yeah. there's five Rudalis whose faces are kind of in shadow most of the time. So yeah. you're seeing them do sort of death uh, dance rituals. Yeah, it's kind of like a modern dance sequence on a black and white checkerboard floor. Mm-hmm. I like um, that a lot. I wish there was more abstraction like that, whereas this is very much... yeah. They don't have a kitchen sink, but this would be kitchen sink realism. There is a great song uh, in the rain, too. See, that song, I don't know, because... Oh, I thought it was It is like the only time you see her happy in the whole movie, Mm. but it kind of comes out of nowhere. Mm. And 
I don't know if... Like, if I, she think, had... I think it was kind of important to show that, like... Because... So her character... Her character is, like, filled with despair and, you know, all of these hardships. And, but they never show her as, like, succumbing to it. Like, they always show that she has such will and determination to carry on. Apart from she, pres- slapping her presumed daughter-in-law yeah. and being a huge bitch about that situation. But she's often, like, she's not shown without a sense of humor about it all. She's not shown without kind of an appreciation and a joy for kind of the simple things like rain. Like, sure. I think, I think she's a very well-rounded character and i and i think capadia's performance it stops it from kind of being like overly depressing poverty porn i think that because she she brings such vitality to this woman there's i think there's water imagery in this movie she goes to the oasis to get water Mm -hmm. there's sort of like a pump system thing in the zamandar's house there's the rain she's washing the mistress yeah i don't know if I understood exactly what it meant. <laughs> this is definitely a failing of mine, though. I feel like the movie knows what it's doing, but I don't know if I understood what the significance was. Yeah. Apart from, if you lived in a desert, it would be very good to have water. Mm-hmm. It is a very feminist film. Yes. Uh, because it is, you know, it's a it's a film about a conversation between two women, and one woman is sharing her experiences and the way in which men have failed her her whole life. I feel like Tomoko Kawadia could let Rocky talk a bit more. Because <laughs> okay. it, it feels like it's been weeks that she's just there telling her this story. So there is a bit of a twist in this film. We are are you going to spoil say, it? No, okay, I'm not okay, going to say what it is, but I will say that you did not call it. I called it within like five minutes, but it wasn't... You called it after they start to reveal it. Yeah, I probably could have tried earlier, but... You know, it kind of comes out of nowhere. It's a great twist. And I think I think at times where I was potentially losing patience with this film because, you know, it is very serious and it's, you know, it's in a certain artistic mode uh, that takes itself very seriously. I think it all kind of came together with for me in the end. I really do. Uh, it is not my favorite of these films that is clearly Cigar, uh, but... I I was I was really impressed and I was I was very kind of moved and emotionally drained by the end of this film. I don't know how many other actresses we've seen in Hindi movies who could straddle these different modes as well. Right. Like I'm trying to think now, who have we seen kind of be in I think Mary par- Dixit could do it. Yeah, parallel and Bollywood. The problem is that a lot of the time they kind of flame out in Bollywood and don't ever get the chance to be famous enough to try and do parallel. Tabu could do it. I guess, uh, um, what's her name? Oh, she's in Gangs of Wasipur. Huma Qureshi? Huma Qureshi, Konkanisan Sharma. Oh, yeah. So women like that are kind of following in Kapadia's footsteps by having one step, well, one, one foot in commercial, the most commercial cinema possible, but and then also being like... able to do parallel. But they are not, like, the biggest stars yeah. within Bollywood. They were not, like, Priyanka Chopra or, like, Parveen Bobby or somebody. Like, here is the star mm-hmm. of this era. Mm-hmm. They are... They've started with one foot in um, uh, indie movies. Mm-hmm. Whereas Dimple... That's kind of... She went there. 
that's kind of more how they they showed what they could do to then be cast. Or like someone like Radhika Apte, right? Yeah. Yeah. So I guess maybe she kind of opens the door for people to have that kind of a career. I don't know. I don't know. I do not know enough. Uh, you know, I mean, going back to our... Uh, there are, we have a lot of gaps when it comes oh, yeah. to understanding I'm just saying that you, could, cinema, so. you can look at the movies we've seen her in and see an interesting sort of career that does not get pigeonholed into the same thing. Yeah. And I mean, and now she's in Tenant. She's in... She's in what was supposed to be the biggest movie of the whole year. Yeah, yeah, with Christopher Nolan and Robert Pattinson and John mm-hmm. David Washington. I'm just super curious Kenneth how Nolan f- found out about her. Like, I that guy's so boring. I don't know what his interior <laughs> life is like, apart from, I don't know, he just sees a big clock every day in his brain and like, oh, I think, try to live my life according to the giant clock. Do you think his next movie will star Harry Styles in Diplocopatia? Maybe. <laughs> possible i would be so down for that well assuming he gets to make another movie right yeah (laughs) right uh i i i feel very justified in in our love for dibble watching these three films which are supposed to be three of her best performances uh and certainly these are three of her most celebrated performances uh and I, I think I was, I was totally right to, to fall in love with her and, and to kind of, and to, to again feel like there was something special, special to her because I feel like up till now a lot of the films, if not all the films we've seen her in, she's been in a supporting role. Sure. And so I'm, I'm really grateful to finally see some starring roles from her where she takes center stage. Yeah, she could handle it. Yeah. Oh yeah, and I. I, I want to see her in more things, you know. I think it's such a shame that she didn't work for 10 years. You know, and maybe that's one thing that's also great about Rudali. Like, because Dimple Kapadia herself has her own narrative of the way that she was kind of screwed over by her husband. Like, he sure. didn't let her work for 10 years. Uh, <laughs> it's probably pretty cathartic. And then, I mean, then she showed him, hey? Yeah. And, I mean, I will say I did make the point when we were watching this film that, uh, well, I think, I think films in this mode are very important. They are rarely watched by the people they are about. Yeah, the real <laughs> Rudali, the real version of that character is not going to watch a movie like this. Yeah, so they often, would never come across it. This often, is made for rich people. Yeah, often films about the plight of uh, the rural lower classes uh, and and the urban lower classes uh, are not consumed by the rural or urban lower classes because they want escapism and stuff like this is often consumed by the educated urban elite. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and you see that across the board. Uh, not just with kind of Indian parallel cinema, but with art house cinema around the world. Yeah, I mean, like people... I love Ken Loach, but who's watching Ken Loach? <laughs> yeah, people who actually live in Kississimmee, Florida, are probably not going to watch the Florida Project. Yeah, they would rather go watch a Marvel movie because their lives are miserable. And they don't need to be reminded of this. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. So, any last words about Dimple Kapaya? I'm a dimp simp. <laughs> oh yeah. This is the uh, term you coined for Dimple Kapadia fans. I don't understand it, but you say Sal will find it very funny. I think so. Yeah. 
Yeah. Uh, yeah, I I love her. I say seek out all three of these movies, especially Cigar, where like I think she's at the height of her sexiness and mm-hmm. vivaciousness, and it's just man, that is such a wet movie. <laughs> <laughs> it is a wet movie. It's a uh, Ben Hosley type flick. But but I also I also thoroughly enjoyed Bobby and Rudali, and I through these three films, I think you see the progression of a truly great actress. Yeah. Yeah. Kind of from her first. Her first moments on screen to kind of really coming into her own with Sagar and then really stretching her craft in Rudali. And now she's shooting invisible bullets or some shit. <laughs> Time bullets. <laughs> uh, I mostly just talking at John David watching. Now it's now it's the victory lap. Like, you know what? I'll, I'll take the money. <laughs> When I think about the roles that she's had in the in the 2000s to now that we've seen, I think we do see like a variety of roles. Like she's got range. Yeah. 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 So I love her. Uh, well, that brings us to the end of this episode, Matt. What are we going to be doing next time? So we have a few things planned out. Yeah, but our next episode. Is the next episode the TIFF episode? The next episode is the TIFF episode. Okay, so... Fresh off of our attendance at Montreal's Fantasia Film Festival, we have booked tickets for another one. A big one. The biggest one. The Toronto International Film Festival. Again, we will be uh, partaking of this while sitting at our own couch, wearing our own sweatpants. Um, you will be wearing better pants. We have thrown you threw out, out you, you those threw other out, pants. You threw out the offending pants. Will you wear a shirt? Debatable. So it's, it's a long one. I don't know if I can yeah. have a shirt on. Uh, we're going to be discussing Miranair's A Suitable Boy. It is the closing night film. I put that in air quotes at TIFF. It's the North American premiere. So A Suitable Boy has already played pretty much everywhere in the world except for Canada and the U.S. So you're going to ha- if you watched already, too bad. <laughs> you're going to have to listen to us talk about it. Uh, and also we have not re- read the book either. No, so. we haven't read the book and we have to watch all six hours at once within 24 hours. Maybe we should check in every hour and record that for the episode. Because uh, the only other time we've done this, you made it through all five and a half hours of Gangs of Wasp in one shot. I fell asleep after five. And it wasn't because I wasn't liking it. <laughs> just because I was tired. We can potentially break it up. We can potentially do three, go to bed, and in the morning watch yeah. the last three. I think. But it's going to be an epic. I understand the way it works. Epic run. Yeah, we're going to the closing night of TIFF, Matt. It's going to be fun. Yeah. Uh, Who are you going to be wearing? I'm probably going to be wearing uh, Uniqlo and The Bay. <laughs> I am currently wearing Uniqlo and Gudetama. Mm. I suspect I've heard of that brand. I will be wearing Uniqlo. <laughs> and, you know, maybe I'll wear Totoro mm. instead of Gudetama. Mm, Totoro, uh, the new Totoro collection. Interesting. I have a lot of socks with Japanese characters on them. If people are not understanding that, mm-hmm. yeah, because you. Can't and I've been wearing it. almost exclusively anime T-shirts, as mentioned earlier. So it's probably going to be that. Assuming I wear a shirt at all. Yeah. Uh, so that'll be our next episode. <laughs> can you can you wait? <laughs> Does that sound boy. good? Uh, in the meantime, Matt, how can people keep up with the show? At Bollywood Pod. Facebook.com slash Bollywood is for Lovers. Tumblr.com slash Bollywood is for Lovers. Um, I'm at Matt underscore B-U-W-E-S. I'm at Erin E. Fraser, E-R-N-E-F-R-A-S-E-R. Listen to Aaron's other show. It's good. 
Yeah, it's called Trash Night the Movies. Um, if you like this show, please leave us a hey, yeah, what, rating. You, what's the new one about? Uh, the latest one. Is it The Wall? Oh, yeah, it's about The Wall and Yellow Submarine. So, like... Rock operas. Rock operas. Yeah. Sort of. <laughs> With animation. Yeah, I thought The Wall was, like, far more animated than it is. No. And I've been thinking more about the concept of The Wall... And I think it's so cystic and I hate it now. Because, like, I... It kind of, I mean, kind of is. Like, I watched that movie, I guess, when I was a teenager. Mm-hmm. But now that I think about it, like, I don't care about this rich rock star. Roger who's, Waters. Who's sad that, like, he has to build a wall around his, himself or... I don't how, know. How do you feel about the Beatles fighting the Blue Meanies because they don't want to have any fun? I think and that's they don't good. Like music. I think the Blue Meanies are a menace and uh, <laughs> should be eradicated. So thank you, the Beatles. Because do you see any Blue Meanies around? I don't. The one thing I'll say is that like Yellow Submarine does not take itself seriously, which is kind of refreshing after the wall. Yeah. Uh, yes, yeah, so that's the latest trash in the movies. Go check that out if you're interested. Uh, listen to us on the Condon podcast. Sign up for my panel on October 3rd. Uh, Bali Litza registered. Thank you, wow. Bali Litza. Leave us a review and a star rating on Apple Podcasts. We will read you can get some sweet biffle coins on air. And like, that's, that's everything. We're done. Yep. Time to edit. Bye. And make us sound better. Bye.